We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean W. And thank you for joining me on this cold as all get out Sunday afternoon in New York. Um, I'm joined by my partner in crime on Casual Fridays and on KFS Study Hall, who's taking time out of his very busy schedule to spend spend an hour with us. And that is my man, Mensa. Mensa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'd be doing a lot better if Jalen Brunson hit that last three last night. But all things considered, life is looking good for the New York Knicks. I'm very happy that we're finally got to this all star break. The guys get a week off. Um, but yeah, and I'm just ready to talk Knicks with everybody. I'm very happy to be here. I, too, would have been very much better off if Jalen Brunson had hit that three because I may or may not have had money on Jalen Brunson to win the contest. And usually 24 points is good enough to get you to the, the second round. But last night, the shot making was just let you know what this league is. Um, so, listen, the title of today's show is The Floor is Yours because absolutely positively, the floor is yours. Um just let us know whatever you want to whatever you want to discuss. We're here to discuss. If you want to discuss the dunk contest from last night, if you want to discuss the three point contest, if you want to discuss, I mean, I'd rather not. I, 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 I don't say I'm don't want to discuss last week, but I mean, how much can you learn from a team that has seven and a half NBA players? You know, so if you want to discuss, um. All the Nets fans in their feelings because the roommate show. Oh, we <laughs> the floor is absolutely yours. We're gonna do one hour, so we're gonna end this at three. I have a hard stop at three. Mint and I have a hard stop at three p.m. Eastern, uh, twelve Pacific. But um, before we go to the calls, because we already have somebody in queue. Uh, Mensa, is there anything that you'd like to discuss to get off your chest? To get off of my chest, um, not particularly. There's just been a lot of um kerfluffle with I guess the Brooklyn Nets and their fans because of the roommate show I mean honestly guys we do not need to pay the Nets or their fans any attention I mean they're very annoyed that we are good again and I I, I read one comment that oh the Knicks haven't you know um the Knicks won a, a playoff series for the first time in how many years and 
the reason why these conversations are beneath us is because Jalen Brunson in one season has already been as far as KD and Kyrie in the playoffs as Brooklyn Nets. So we really don't need to be getting into any discussions with these guys. Um, I hate to say that we're bigger than that, but we kind of are bigger than that. They're the little brother in this city, you know, so I'm not really worried about them with regards to. I mean, this this second half of the season, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what this team prioritizes because we are, I believe, I think Sevilla, we're 17 games away, 17 wins away from a 50 win season. I do believe that number matters to our head coach. I believe it matters to this organization, but will we be healthy enough to get there? Because honestly, we have a team that is so good that when healthy, I'm not worried about who's on the other side of the court. Say for Boston and say for the Clippers because they seem to be a tear above everybody else at the moment. But with this team, man, I'm just I'm raring to see these guys healthy again. Like I'm raring to see Bogdanovich with OG Ananobi and Julius Randle. I'm raring to I'm raring to see um, Brunson and DiVincenzo back on the court together because January was such a fun month for us as fans. Fourteen and two in the month. February, the vibes weren't there because guys got hurt and everything. And if you guys have some time, if you haven't gotten to it, please listen to the most recent episode of Casual Friday, where we discuss um, our concerns with the way this team seems to be deploying minutes and what they are prioritizing. But with all that being said, this is a very fun regular season team. Once everybody is healthy, let's just hope that Isaiah Hartenstein and his tendinopathy, and that's as far as that goes with the Achilles. Um, We already see that OG Ananobi has gotten surgery. We see that Julius Randle is built from um, vibranium and will probably be back in the next 10 minutes, but let's not jinx it. I just want these guys to be healthy and I want to see them play because I firmly believe that this is the best Knicks team that I've witnessed. I've been a fan seriously since 2007 when I was 13 years old. So bear with me. I'm not, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this, but this is a team that I think is the best team I've ever seen. So I want to see how far they go, but I also want to see how much they prioritize the rest of the regular season. Is being a top four seed important to this team or is being healthy important to this team? Because we are what? I think we're only two and a half, three games behind the second seed. So if they want to go for it, there's there's reason to go for it, right? Because when you get to that second seed, you're not only guaranteed to host the first round of the playoffs, but you're guaranteed to host the second round of the playoffs. And that matters a lot when your home court advantage is Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, that's really what I'm what I'm hoping the uh, the discussion goes to is just like what the second half, well, not the second th- the third third of the season is going to look like because we are pretty much two thirds of the way through the season. Um, Yeah. I'm just excited to talk next basketball with everybody, but those are really where my thoughts are at is just, I'm focused on what this last stretch of basketball games is going to look like for the Knicks in the regular season. And I am hoping and praying that, um, that God answers my prayers and we get the the Pacers in the first round because I I want smoke. I want all the smoke. So that's really all for me. I also, hold on. Here we go. I also want, I, I tweeted that I want to see the Pacers in round one, the Cavs in round two, and the Celtics in round three because I want to put the Pacers in the dirt because uh, I 
yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just between that and I and Candace Parker's little uh cute little t-shirt um with Reggie Miller on it. Uh funny thing is they lost that series, by the way, but I digress. Uh yes, I would like to see a top three C matters. Um if they can't get to three, honestly, just go to six. Like don't don't like don't fighting claw and risk injury for the five seed. But, you know, that's an organizational decision. Um, that's something that we discussed on casual Friday, like, like Mensa said, um, in terms of the nets, and I'll say this and then we'll get to, we have two calls in the queue, Colin and, um, my karma 86. We'll get to you guys soon. In regards to the nets, look, man, I don't, how do I say this? Okay, I am. I don't necessarily like the term "little brother." Uh, I actually have a younger brother. I don't refer to him as my little brother. I call him my younger brother because the term "younger brother" is "little brother." Kind of is a little. There's a there's some sort of disrespect in it, right? Like, oh, you're the little brother. Um, the Nets fans act like a little brother, like the de- textbook definition of it, because they. I think about the, like when I, like when I was younger and the disagreements I got into with my younger brother. Sometimes he'd be acting a type of way, and I'd have to like pop him. And then when I popped him, it became a problem. It's like you talked all this yin yang unabashed for years. Uh, like the 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 especially the net fan who became a Nick fan. The, excuse me, the Knicks the Knicks fan who became a Nets fan because not only did they switch over, they couldn't wait to explain to you. They couldn't wait to share with the world why they left the Knicks for the Nets. And because they thought it would be easy. And they thought, oh, I get KD and Kyrie. This is how it's always going to be. And now Reality has slapped them in the face and they don't know what to do with it. And they're and them losing the whatever, who cares? Screw the nets. Um yeah, they're little brother. All right. Uh so that's all we got. That's all I got. Uh let's let's get to the callers. Um I'm gonna bring them up one by one. Uh our first caller is Colin. Colin, welcome to KFS Study Hall. The floor is yours. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I first want to say uh, just a question. So when we get to the end of the season, would you guys rather play the Cavs, Bucks, or Sixers in the first round? And just it could be like from the perspective of just narratives or matchup dependent or just any any agendas. Manso? Yeah, okay. Um for I'll rank them for you from most who the team I want to play most to the team I want to play least. Most give me the Milwaukee Bucks. So number one, the Bucks, number two, the 76ers, and number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'll tell you why. Um, yeah, the Bucks. Has anybody seen the Bucks play basketball recently? Didn't they just lose a game to some team they were they had no business losing to. Uh the the Memphis Grizzlies everybody. The the Milwaukee Bucks just played a contested game with the Milwaukee, with the Memphis Grizzlies and lost. They are all sorts of not what they need to be. I mean, you can look at it and say that their best players um Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo play the same position as our best players, Jalen Brunson and 
a Julius Randle, and that gives us a matchup disadvantage. I look at it the exact opposite way. I look at it that Jalen Brunson will be guarded by three, uh, by all three of uh, Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, and Damian Lillard. None of those three guys can stop him. I think we should have the advantage in that series. They shot the lights out against us the first three games, like, and they they shot at an unsustainably good rate. They are not going to shoot a free throw percentage from three against us in the NBA playoffs. And we saw that once they couldn't hit all those threes, they really couldn't deal with us. And we're a better team than we were in the first half. Um, in the first um the first calendar month of the, the first calendar year of the season, 2023, the 2024 version of the 23, 24 Knicks are a lot better. So that's a team that I have no fear against. I think that we would beat them. And I mean, I mean, come on, I'm it's doc rivers. He will, he can get you the first round of the playoffs, but this team is just not, they look really out of sorts. And I think they need maybe another like summer to, to really figure things out and get the right guys in there. I'm not sure if it's even possible because I'm, I haven't really paid attention to their salary cap situation. Like if they're over the second apron, they're pretty much cooked. It's only going to get worse from here. But um, that's why I want to see them first. I don't believe in their coach. I don't believe in that roster. And I think they cannot stop Jalen Brunson. Second would have to be the Philadelphia 76ers for me because Maxi and Embiid are Maxi and Embiid. They are very good basketball players, but the rest of that team I'm not worried about. And Embiid in the playoffs, I think Tom Thibodeau will be able to cook up a defense to stop the MVP. This is this year. He it has been his best season. But um, if he comes back healthy, then yeah, then we're gonna have we're gonna have trouble with him. But if we don't have to um but if but if he's not quite healthy, we've seen Embiid struggle in the playoffs. I personally believe a lot of that is because his decision making, while unstoppable, is a little is a tad bit slower than what you see from your regular run of the mill NBA superstar, um, and that allows for defenses to load up on him in the playoffs and basically take him out of games. Um, and then, of course, he's always not his healthiest um, as the season wanes on. So. I would like to see them second just because I think even so, I do believe the Milwaukee Bucks will um, are more likely to implode than the Philadelphia 76ers if they are healthy. And third, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think Cleveland is very, very good. Um, I have a very high opinion of them. Um, before the season started, they were my one seed, I believe. I think I had them first. Um, I just and I think that you're seeing why they're very good. Of course, they their schedule is what it is. It's a bubblegum schedule. They don't have too many hard games in the month of February and March. I think they're playing something like 16 or 17 games in a 31 day month. So they may uh, take a, a step back just because of the volume of games there. But I think they're built very well. I th- I like um I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I like what Jared Allen is showing us. I like what we're seeing from Max Struess. I really like uh, Darius Garland. I have a lot of respect for the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though we beat them in five last year. I just don't think it's going to be as easy. So while I think we'd beat all three of those teams, the way I have it, I think we'd beat Milwaukee in five, we'd beat Philly in six, and Cleveland would take us to seven games. So that's why um, my rankings are going to be Milwaukee, Philly, and then Cleveland. Milwaukee and five is that. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Betta. Because and I will never doubt your playoff predictions again. You said Knicks and five, and I said you were bugging, and Knicks one and five. Uh I ranked them Sixers one, Cavs two, Bucks three. Because I believe that when you have the best player in the series, you win 99% of the time. If you don't win, 
is because you have someone that outplayed that team's best player. And I, between you and I, I do not believe Joel Embiid, it will not surprise me if Joel Embiid did not play another minute of basketball this season. So give me them. Uh, the reason I ranked the Cavs second, and I'm with Mensa, I actually had predicted the Cavs to be the one seed, and maybe if they didn't have those injuries at the beginning of the year, they would have been. Um, I... Still, I think styles make fights. I think we match up better with them. Um, I what will to to Mensa's point, it won't be as easy this time around because it don't laugh. They have Max Struess, and before you say Max Struess is difference, we have to remember one two the two two of the major differences was in the series last year. One was obviously Mitch is dominating on the boards, but the other was we left Isaac Okoro wide ass open. And he couldn't make us pay. Max Drews may make us pay. We'll see. I mean, uh, Max Drews did make us pay when we played them in the, for the with the Miami Heat. Yes, so, he did. Yeah, so we can't sleep on Max Drews. Ex- exactly. Um, like I see Nick Fitz talking about, oh, they think Max Drews is the difference. Like, ah, he might be the difference. Um, so, and then last but not least, the Bucks. Not because I'm afraid of them, because two minutes point. You only get to you only get to shoot free throw percentages from three, but for, for so long. And the one time they didn't shoot over fifty five percent from three, they won. Um, they still have Giannis, who can take over a series. Like I like I believe that Jalen Brunson and or Julius Randle could be the best player in a cap in a in a Cavalier series. I believe they could be easily be the best player in a Sixers series without Joel Embiid. I am not sure if that's the case win a series with the Milwaukee Bucks. But with that said, I, I Giannis has been arguably been the best player in every playoff series he's played in since like 2019. And he has one championship. So with that being said, that's that though, that is how that is how I would, uh, that's how I would rank them. Um, so thank you, Colin. Appreciate, appreciate the question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, now, next up was supposed to be My Karma 86. Uh my karma dropped down to listener so i sent you a request if you can make it if you come back up come back up but in the meantime next we will go to my main man busy uh busy welcome to the show um 
I hope, I hope you're not crying. I hope you're okay seeing your boy Mikhail Bridges on the other side of the on the, on the other side of the bridge, um, catching smoke. Um, but listen, glad to have you here, and the floor is yours. What you got? Yo, I'm sorry. I I, I uh, joined by <laughs> the stage by accident. I was just trying to listen in. Okay. All right. Well, um, you can just drop back down. That's fine. Um, yeah. But good to talk to you. Um, and and thank you for sending me that DM. Apparently, Complex took my uh, Complex took my um, my tweet yesterday and put it and, and put it on their put it on their, on their IG uh, about Mr. Kenny Smith, who was a complete embarrassment last night. And more ways than one. It is refreshing to see the rest of NBA. Tw- it's refreshing to see the rest of NBA Twitter um, now feel about Kenny Smith the way we do because. He's Kenny Smith. Uh, Mensa, I don't know if you have any comments on Mr. Smith last night or All-Star, All-Star Weekend in general. Um, I actually have it. I actually may have a take about the dunk contest, um, which yeah, I have a take about the dunk contest. But before that, we'll, you know, just let me know how you feel. Oh, uh, wait, uh, do somebody about to jump no, go in? Ahead, bu- busy, go ahead. All right. Mrs. Busy. Uh, Mrs. Busy once uh, had a comment because she hated, she hated every, uh, Hated the commentary. Hold I just don't on. like it when people are very sexist and they don't accept that the world is changing. And the opportunity, like, I think it was more so the opportunity that was afforded that, you know, was the point versus what ball is being used, where they stand in. I just thought for him to publicly make those comments, it was inappropriate. Yeah. Um. So. Let's talk about that then. Let's talk about Sabrina Ionescu versus Stephen Curry and Kenny Smith's um, commentary, if you want to call it that, um, afterwards. First of all, Sabrina Ionescu hit the same amount of shots as Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, and Tyrese Halliburton did in the first round. She, had 20, she scored a 26. That is more than Donovan Mitchell scored, and that is more than our very own Jalen Brunson scored, and I believe more than Malik Beasley as well. I don't remember what Malik Beasley did last night. Um, second thing, so she did great. This was the highest scoring um, three-point shootout that I've ever seen in my life, and she was right there with the rest of the guys. She stamped, she solidified, she is certified as a shooter. It does not matter what her gender is, what her sex is. None of that matters. That woman's talent is certified, and she is still the reigning record holder for most points scored in a round with 37 points. I do not care that she did it with a ball that is a little bit smaller than whatever the other ball it was that, that the NBA players are using. Because when you watch Sabrina Ionescu shoot, and I'm like, it was just as entertaining as anything else. I, so the NBA being an entertainment product, Sabrina Ionescu delivered last night, and she should get nothing but praise and accolades for what she was able to do, right? Steph Curry goes out there, shoots 29 like he's rolling out of bed. No problem. Everybody expected Steph to do well. Sabrina Ionescu was the one person the entire night who was in a situation that she's not used to because she was shooting from NBA range, not WNBA range, but from NBA range. And she still did just as well as the men did. Right. So for Kenny Smith to go out of his way, because that's what it was. He, nobody asked him a question. This, these were unprompted thoughts that he offered that nobody was asking for, for him to go out of his way to try to discredit her and say, Oh, she should have shot with the NBA. Like who cares? 
Who cares about that? Was it entertaining? Yes. Did she do well? Yes. Did she win? No. Okay. But who really can beat Steph Curry in a three-point shootout? He's the greatest shooter of all time. For Sabrina to go toe-to-toe with this man, and not just with this man, because if you want to look at it versus Sabrina versus Steph, yes, Steph had 29, she had 26, but Brunson had 24. Um, Spider had 21, right? So she outscored a couple guys that night. She showed you that she can hang and it should show you and it should be. And, and what that should be is, hey, we got a girl in um, um, over at Iowa, um, Caitlin Clark. Maybe she can participate in an all-star weekend. This is an opportunity for the women's game to grow for these women who have not been who have not been asking for equal pay as the men, but equal revenue share. And that's a very, very, very big difference. And I advocate for them on this matter because, yeah, it should make sense that when a jersey is sold, when I buy, when I go and I buy a Sabrina Ionescu jersey, I go and I buy um, an Asia Wilson jersey or whoever's jersey I go and I buy, they should get the same amount of revenue share as the men get, right? Because you're going to support that person's name. And the women are not getting the same opportunity. So for Sabrina Ionescu to go out there and show that she's able and she's capable to compete with the men to help grow their business, to help grow their brand and help ultimately help them make more money and have more equity in a sport and in a space. There's no reason for anybody to use their platform to try to speak down on that. It was absolutely uncalled for. It was very disgusting. And Steve, and I'm sorry, and Kenny Smith should be ashamed of himself. I don't know what he was drinking last night. I don't know what drug he was on last night. But the next time he gets on air, he needs to issue an apology because that was very corny. It was very whack. It was sexist. And nobody should stand for that today. Nobody should be okay with anything Kenny Smith did to discredit that young lady because she did such a great job, right? Everybody was, of course, everybody was rooting for her because it's Steph versus the other. Versus the underdog, it was David and Goliath. But you know what happens? David got to go out there and face Goliath, and she did every bit of what she was supposed to do last night. I was very encouraged. I was very proud of her because she had New York on the front of her jersey, and we got to stand for this woman today, and not just today, but we have to stand for the women's game every single day. Because when you watch WNBA basketball, it's a very entertaining product, right? And as somebody who likes basketball, I could watch college basketball. I could watch high school basketball. I could watch the women's game. I love the NBA game. We got to advocate for this product, man, because when you don't advocate for the product, look at what happens. Look at what happens with NBA commentary as a whole. NBA commentary is so narrative based and so complete garbage. Like, why does Candace Parker feel the need to wear a Reggie Miller choking shirt after she had smoke with Knicks fans? Like, why does she feel the need to do that? It was so stupid, right? But that's what the NBA as far as the commentary goes, that's what it encourages. When you look at other sports, you look at MLB commentary, you look at NFL commentary, you have guys who are speaking about guys and girls, actually, because Mina Kimes does such a great job. And there are a couple other women whose names are escaping me right now who do wonderful jobs with the NFL coverage, but they talk about the game, right? So when you see Sabrina Ionescu coming out, that's an opportunity to talk about the game. You can't talk about the narrative, right? So what does, so what does Kenny Smith have to do? He has to go out of his way to invent a narrative to bring this woman down. And I think that's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I was so discouraged by seeing that because we have an opportunity to, to, to be, um, to use integrity, to speak about the game and to push the game forward. My opportunity is a lot smaller because I'm just a guy who talks on a podcast. That's very niche, right? Kenny Smith works for TNT, works for Turner sports, one of the NBA's prominent partners. He should be using his platform for good, not for stupidness. And I think that was very stupid of him. And that's, that's kind of all, I, I have to say about it, I can go on and on, but I, I was really, really, really discouraged. Um, 
yeah, that's 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 really all I have to say. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Mrs. Busy. Um, that was a great pick. Um, I'll say this. Um, and then oh, let's bring Busy back up. Well, yeah, okay. Um, hold on a second. Okay, what I'll say is this. Um, you can tell the guys who have never played ball against women before. Because if you play ball long enough, you're going to play against women. And there are women out here who ball. And the fact that you have to say that, I think is ridiculous, but it is what it is. Um, and to your point, Mensa, like, it was unprovoked. <laughs> it was like, like, it's bad when we're siding with Reggie Miller on a, on a topic. It's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. That's not where, that's not where I want to be. But, um, yeah, I just don't understand why. I mean, I understand why, unfortunately, but I, I don't understand why there needed to be that discussion after. Again, this is Sabrina Arnescu against the greatest shooter of all time. And if you're telling me because the ball is too, is smaller, like, dude, like, like, do we think Sabrina Arnescu has never played with a men's ball and can't dribble a men's ball? Because guess what? When she goes to play pickup, and she's playing in the park as a kid and she's playing against dudes they're not using a woman's ball like what are we talking about here like what are we talking about like it's just ridiculous i don't want to add too much but that's what what i was gonna say what's the difference like we've all picked up a woman gone to the store and pick up a women's ball by accident thinking we're buying the men's ball. There's not much of a difference. And if these guys are doing, these guys and women are doing this as a profession, they don't see much of a difference either. Like she was shooting from the, the biggest difference was if she was going to shoot from the women's three-point line, but she shot from the men's three-point line. So the ball size isn't the difference. Like that, that doesn't matter. That's why she made the adjustment and said, yo, I'm going to shoot the NBA three because that would have been too easy if she was shooting the, the women's three and, and Steph was shooting the NBA three. So she even the odds by saying, I'm going to shoot the same uh, same distance three-pointer as you. The ball really doesn't matter. Like, it didn't matter at all. It, it doesn't. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's dudes who either never played against women or can't accept the fact that women are as good, can be as good as men in certain things. Yes, they can't dunk who like with regularity. Who cares? But if you're watching, if you're watching basketball just to see dunks, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, and again, if I'm if I if I have to agree with Reggie Miller on something, then it is it is like Kenny Smith, you're cooked. Like you are, you are cooked. Um, this just wasn't necessary. Um, in terms of what is about All Star Week? In terms of the dunk contest, <laughs> so for me, I will say. And if anyone wants to come up, feel free to raise your hand. We'll bring you to the stage. Um, if not, uh, actually, before that, let me get to a ch- let me get to a chat. And by the way, if you have something to say but you cannot make it to the stage for whatever reason, please leave it in the chat in the lower right hand corner, and we will address it on the air. And we have a chat from Brian. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. You have always been a staple, a supporter of Nick's Film School. We appreciate you. Um. He says, I heard Precious started slow and got crushed by a Knicks fan. You would hope they have patience for Burks and Boyan, but probably not. Uh, um, Brian, that is just sports. 
period. And fans can fans who are fair weather or um they're fair weather, they're um reactionary. It's just like like I'll give you an example. My favorite uh soccer team is um Tottenham Hotspur. And we have a new after four years of avoiding rebuilding, we have a new manager. And we start off very well, but we've struggled for the better part of the last two months. And we have people on fan base saying, get this guy out of here. He's not it. Da, da, da. He's a fraud. He's this. He's that. And it's like, in the beginning of the season, we all agreed like, hey, if this dude could get us to finish in the top six in the league, that will be great. But he needs time. We need to rebuild. We need to start over. And now seven months and people want to get him fired. Like, that's just who fans are. That that's that's just who fans are. Uh, Miss, I don't know if you have if you have anything to uh, respond to uh, Brian's uh, comment. Yeah, I mean, people are going to people. You know, that's just that's really all we can do about that. I think that the Knicks front office. I mean, what I'm more worried about is will Tom Thibodeau have patience with them because we're already kind of seeing like. Why are you starting Jericho Sims over Boyan Bogdanovich? Um, you might be the one of the 30 coaches who would actually think that's a good idea. Um, that's more concerning to me. Don't really like honestly, because I've gotten good at like tuning out the noise. Like my mute button is very powerful and very, very used. Um, I use my mute button often. So if I feel like you're talking nonsense, I'll just mute you and I'll never have to see your commentary. Um, we know Alec Burks is going to have no problems getting into a basketball game. We know he's going to be playing. Is Boyan that I'm mostly worried about? Because does he have skills that the front office values, but maybe not Tom Thibodeau? So that's kind of really where I'm focused on with that because yeah, I just I just need him to get more minutes than Jericho Sims. That's That's really as far as I'll go with that. Yeah, well said. Thank you. Well said. Uh, do we have another? I think we have another chat. Okay. Here, yes, we have. Oh, we have two more. All right. Let's get to these. Uh, we have one from Anonymous. Shout out to you, Anonymous. I'll post it. I'll post it on Jumbotron. And it is, isn't the women's basketball to scale the men's basketball because they have a smaller hand? So it's basically the same shit. So I don't know if it's I don't know if it's I don't know if it's specifically to scale, but I do know that the quote unquote complaint from the men about the ball being small is that the rim is the same size. So because the rim is the same size, they have a smaller ball, it is easier for the ball to go in. To which I say, I really don't give a damn. <laughs> and but to your point, anonymous, like, yes, it's like that it's it's it the ball is smaller because of the because of, of the hands. Like um I don't know if it's exactly the scale, it probably is, but I've always known that's why the women use a smaller ball because their hands are smaller. Um and obviously if a ball you, when you get to a certain point, the size of a ball, you it becomes hard to throw into a rim twenty-three feet away. So look, if if you are a dude who thinks the WNBA is trash or not legit because the room because the ball is too small, the ball is smaller, but the rim is the same size, buy con Dios. Like that's it. Like like you will find like if they made the rim smaller, you like it's not like if they made the rim smaller, you would still watch. You start watching. The same way how guys say they should lower the rims. If they lower the rims, you're not watching. Like Be quiet, please, please. Eh. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. See that. We got from Ben Kim Garvey. Ben, thank you. Uh, shout out to you as well. Longtime supporter of KFS. It says, redone contest. So done that next year, someone jump over Henry Winkler dressed as a Fonz in a Harley with sharks and an LED floor. Ben, if you know, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Ben, because I remember when Blake Griffin jumped over the hood of the Kia in that dunk contest to win. And there were lots and lots of people complaining that, oh, he only jumped over the hood of the car. He didn't jump over the top. He didn't jump over the highest part of the car. And it's like, dog, like, can you jump over a chair? <laughs> like, so people always find um, reasons to, com- people always find reasons to complain. Um, and I just think that, you know, the dunk contest, I mean, we like, uh, we, we can get to it. Um Mensa, I don't know if yet. Do you have anything to say about the dunk contest? Because uh, I I have thoughts, um, least of which that Jacob Toppin got absolutely jobbed. But you know, it's whatever. Uh, any thoughts on the dunk contest? Um, my only thoughts. Well, I, okay. So with the dunk contest, I think that we need to view the NBA, specifically NBA All Star Weekend, as an entertainment product and decide for ourselves if what we are watching is entertaining, right? Like just to speak about the, the, um, the Blake Griffin dunk, Blake Griffin jumped over the hood of a Kia, right? But he also had a choir out there <laughs> and he also brought a car onto the court. Like the entire package was very entertaining, right? Um, of course, maybe jumping over the hood of a car isn't that impressive for a guy, six ten. who cares? I thought that dunk was entertaining, but let's talk about last night's dunk. Let's talk about last night's dunk contest, right? We have to give Mac McClung some serious flowers here because he is still innovating in the year 2024 when he jumped over. Um, I forget who he jumped over, but he catches, he throws the ball to himself, basically readjusts midair and then dunks it over his head. I've never seen that done in a, in a dunk contest anywhere. That was impressive, right? And then when, but, for him to not get a 50 on some of those dunks and then for Jalen Brown, oh my goodness, for Jalen Brown to have gotten some of the scores he got. I Listen, you can go back to my timeline and I'm like 48 in this economy for that shit. It was, it was, oh my goodness. It was incredible. The scores that he was able to pull off for being the least impressive dunker on the night. He should not have advanced. I think Jacob Toppin absolutely gets job because not only did he do a 360 between the legs, he did a reverse 360 between the legs with a two hand finish. Did he have the power that everybody wants to see? No. But it was an impressive dunk and one that I do not remember seeing. I think that you got to grade the dunk. And I was kind of siding with Kenny Smith because like Mac McClung and a couple guys, they were their scores were being dropped down because they didn't get the dunk on the first time. And it's like, why give me 90 seconds if you're going to penalize me for using the time that I have available to myself? I think that's really stupid. The dunk contest, honestly, this year, 
to me, this dunk contest was more entertain was more entertaining than recent years, just because the dunkers this year were entertaining, save for Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was entertaining for reasons um, that he probably did not intend. Like I was entertained with how ass he was like the dunk when he jumps over a seated Kai Sinat. Kai Sinat, depending on what source you have, he's either five, six or five foot eight. He's in a chair. You jump over him. You struggle to catch the ball. And then you don't even do the D Brown properly. It ends up being a dunk and dab, not even like an actual dunk where you're covering your eyes. And this guy gets a good score for that. I think that it was just, it was to me, it was just like, I guess, cause I'm just, I look at things through a New York lens. It was, I'm watching this guy, a Boston Celtic get in, get disproportionately high scores in comparison to his competition. And I'm just like, the fix is in because there is no reason Jalen Brown should have been in the finals. It should have been a G league dunk off. And that's a way for you to, to, to promote your brand NBA, because if you really look at it, let's look at the Boston Celtics, right? The NBA has been starving for an American born superstar. They're forcing Tyrese Halliburton down our neck. They're forcing Anthony Edwards on us. They were forcing Zion Williamson. They were forcing John Morant. Jason Tatum, they don't really care to push his agenda, right? I don't know. Maybe it's something about the Boston Celtics where guys aren't really that entertaining and they don't. Really, and maybe the jersey doesn't do that well, but they've been looking for an American-born superstar when they have one right up in Massachusetts the entire time. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to say that, hey, maybe promoting Jalen Brown would have been good for the game, how about looking at it the other way? How about looking at it from what you have? And you have two great G League dunkers, maybe... Maybe you use the dunk contest going forward because you can't get superstars to come out anyway. Maybe you use the dunk contest to promote the G League. Maybe you maybe it's the Westchester Knicks versus the Osceola uh, Magic or whatever that city is in Central Florida that I don't remember the name of. Like maybe maybe they're better like dunkers and guys who are thirsty for that attention because the NBA superstars are running from it. LeBron doesn't want to do it, never wanted to do it. Zion probably laughs at it. Ja probably won't do it. Like these guys who are extremely awesome athletes athletes right in the NBA they they just it just hurts their brand according to them so maybe you can use the opportunity the same way on sat on on Friday night when Alondez Williams and that G League team um led by it was Alondez you had uh, Imani Bates a couple other guys the kid from the G League Ignite who's probably going to be a top five pick they took that opportunity very seriously going up against Wembenyama and it was a and it was an excellent game I was entertained by watching those young guys play so you maybe you can take that concept and push it over to the the dunk contest and get G League dunkers because the NBA guys don't do it and when they do it it's not that great let's be honest like the Anthony Simons dunk all those years ago was whack Jalen Brown was whack. We have not had an entertaining NBA level dunker like of that star level in so many years. Maybe it's time to revamp and try the product to be differently. And this is an opportunity for the NBA to include the WNBA players in the Steel Challenge the way they used to do and include the G League guys on the Friday event and on the Saturday events because you're not going to include them on Sunday. So I think the NBA should look at a better way to include the brand to make to get people more excited about the G League product because maybe there are people in Central Florida who are going to go watch Mac McClung, Mac McClung play basketball. Maybe there would have been people up in Westchester that, oh, they got Jacob Toppin here. Maybe we can come out and watch him play. And that's how you build your system. That's how you build your farm. I have a lot of comments about the G League and what they're doing right and wrong, but that's not the discussion. I just think that one, Jalen Brown getting to where he got last night was Boston Celtics bullshit. And two, maybe the NBA should look to 
really inviting more G League guys to dunk because the NBA guys aren't really that interested. So I'll say this. Um, I will actually give Jalen Brown some props because I don't remember the last reigning all-star to participate in the dunk contest. I don't even remember the last person who uh, maybe it was Donovan Mitchell, but I don't know if Donovan Mitchell made an all-star team yet. Um, but they're like, who is the, like, who is the current all-star that said like, Hey, I want to be in a dunk contest. And so I was actually like looking forward to it. Cause I was like, okay, if he does, then, you know, maybe he got some stuff up his sleeve at the same time. You kind of also see why many of these stars don't enter because to you, like Minta said, it's, it hurts their brand. If they don't do well, it's like, Oh, cause now, now, cause now for, I mean, listen, all you need to know is that one of Jalen Brown's dunks involved him using his left hand and calling attention to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that should let you know that, you know what they hear. Um, in terms of, yes, first of all, watching a New York Nick get robbed for in robbed by judges for a Boston Celtic was very triggering. Um, with that being said, I do think that there is a there's a we as fans have an expectation for the dunk contest that may not be achievable anymore because, like I said, like you said, Mensa, that Obi Toppin dunk was crazy, and the crowd was like golf clap. It's like, eh, like there wasn't that much buzz in the building. Uh, Mac McClung's and yo, I don't understand how people because I actually saw people who on the timeline who were saying that big enough to Obi dunk, which made sense, but then downplayed the Mac McClung dunk. I'm like, let me get this straight. Homie threw the ball to himself. No, no, he didn't throw it to himself. He caught, he, he, he jumped, he catches the ball. He takes the ball for someone holding it. In midair, he lets go of the ball in midair, recatches it and reverse dunks it. And like, like that's no big deal. Like we have become so desensitized to this as a crowd. Like we just like, we, we just want more and more and more. But when you think about it, like it, I think the dunk contest always had a shelf life because if you look at what, what 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 Dominique Wilkins won with in 87 um 87 or 80 I forget which year like now if he did that dunk it would be a it would be it would be a 45 unless you're Jalen Brown right uh like people forget they got rid of the dunk contest the first time in 1997 because people were complaining that the dunks weren't good enough because they were like wait a minute they compl- you know why they, they complained because Kobe used Kobe won using the using the Isaiah Ryder East Bay Funk dunk two years later, and then when Brent Barry won was dunking on the free throw line, they're like, "Wait, what do you mean they're dunking on the free throw line? They're recycling dunks. This is cooked." That was 1997. And then they brought it back when Vince Carter showed up, and Vince Carter was like, you know. Vince Carter. Uh, by the way, the 2000 dunk contest is a very underrated dunk contest because Tracy McGrady and Steve Francis did their damn thing. You should go back on YouTube and find it's there. Um, <clears throat> but we just got to the point where we just expect more and more and more and more. And also, we see 
you can go on TikTok, you go on Instagram, you can go on Twitter, and you see regular as people doing dunks where they're doing 720s blindfolded and, and crazy shit like that. And we're like, all right, I want to see his NBA in the NBA. Well, guess what? LeBron James, well, I'm not LeBron James, uh, like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum isn't doing a 720. Like <laughs> if he lands funny, it's over for him. Right. So I think that is a part of it. I just think at this point, I said it last night, the, the, the dunk, ton- the dunk contest is season eight of game of Thrones because while it has so much upside and so much promise, it, I don't know if we could, I, I I don't know if we can live up to it, and I don't know if we can live up to it anymore. I agree with you, Shark. Um, I think the I think it's like a ghostwriter versus a rapper, right? If you hear the ghostwriter uh, spit the same lyrics that Drake spits, it's not going to hit the same. It's like it has to come from that. So if Jalen Brown was able to execute the dunks that Jacob Topp and, and, and McClellan was able to do, that crowd would have went crazy. And I think we got to look at it like that. It's like the last gasp of the bas- of the slam dunk contest is to get the stars involved again. Because we can get all the G League as we want and make it a G League showcase. It's never going to be that. It's the reason why it goes last. There's a reason why it goes last. It's supposed to be the star attraction to Saturday night. And it's only going to be a star attraction of Saturday night if the stars actually participate. So, yes, when Jalen Brown comes in and he does a corny-ass dunk, he has to get a better score than if one of these G-leaguers do it because he's Jalen Brown. We watch him score 20 points every night, no matter the competition. And he's got to... There has to be a way to incentivize not Jalen. It was a long-term play. He's getting score good scores for corny dunks because they want other other stars to be like, oh, I could do better than Jalen Brown. If he set the bar too high, everybody would have been scared off. That's pretty much how how it went. It was like so many of the stars were doing such great. It set the bar so high that. Other stars was just like, nah, I can't do better than that. If if those guys got that score and I, I go get less than that, then whatever. Jalen Brown came in and set the bar really low for the next star that wants wants to participate next year. That's how that's how you gotta look at it. And it's and if the stars don't participate, then Slam Dunk, Slam Dunk is gonna be extinct because nobody's nobody's watching McClellan do these great dunks and get no minutes in the NBA. It's like, we never see these guys again. So, um, I, so I don't think, so I've seen people saying like stars, if they got stars, then it will bring it back. You know what? I used to think that I don't think that matters. I think just get guy, get four guys who could dunk because and men's security, hear your thoughts on this in a busy, you know, you can respond as well. Like, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, I don't think either of them have ever sniffed an all-star game when they did what they did in 2016. But those guys can dunk. Now, that necessarily doesn't have to be the standard. And I think going back to my original point of how like people saw that, now they want to see better than that. And I was like, yo, how are you going to see better than a dude sitting down in the air throwing a, doing a reverse dunk, right? But if you get 
three or four guys who can really dunk and also do believe that it does need to be some showmanship. Not too much. I think we got to a point where it was just like, all right, it was all about the props, but not, but the dunks were okay. The dunks weren't okay. But just get guys who can dunk and put on a show. And if it, if it has to be the G Leaguers, if it has to be the EuroLeague guys, if it has to be, I don't care. Just get guys who can dunk. I, I think the NBA stars are cooked when it comes to being in a dunk contest because it's high risk and, no, and very little reward. Um, I, I, I just think that between that combined of our expectations, like I said, I think the dunk contest always had a shelf life. I think we're maybe coming near, near the end of that shelf life. Yeah, I think that's again. Um, I see what Busy's saying about how Jalen Brown kind of had to go and be whack so that other guys could be like, oh, I can do better than Jalen Brown next year. But then you're just resetting it, you know, and, and eventually you're kind of just like resetting that same shelf life. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too big or I, I guess, look, the, the dunk, me personally, I just like, like you said, Sean, I just want to see guys that are going to go out there and be entertaining because I'm going to watch regardless. Um, but I do want to get to the um, uh, the last comment that we have right before because we're just about at that 3 p.m. mark. Yeah. So Robert Cross has a very interesting comment. Shout out to my guy, Robert Cross. He says, screw the boring ass all-star game. Make it NBA Street and play at the Rucker. Celebrate. Thanks. Now, listen, I don't think that they're going to always do this thing at the Rucker, but I think that the cries for an... um for like a one-on-one, some kind of tournament, like the Hoopers classic is what I would call it. Um, basically like just more like one-on-one basketball games to replace the, um, the, the dunk contest. And my, my theory is that if the all-star game, if the if all-star weekend is about celebrating the talent in the NBA, right? You have guys tonight who are going to play like 12 minutes in the all-star game. That's not really a celebration. It's more like you should be honored to be here. What if like as a Knicks fan, I know Jalen Brunson is not going to lead the, he's not going to be a leading minutes getter for the Eastern conference this year. Um, this year. Now, if Jalen Brunson, on the other hand, had to play a one-on-one tournament yesterday, I would have been locked in damn it like i would have been so locked in i i personally think that there should be like that element it's 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 so perfect and it's such an easy 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 thing for the nba to do you can do like kind of like the skills challenge the way it used to be like you had like guards versus bigs for a little bit and then the guards would play the bigs i think they tried that once or twice like imagine imagine if Oh my goodness. Imagine all the shit we'd have been talking if we knew that Dame had to see Jalen Brunson one-on-one yesterday or if, or if Tyrese Halliburton had to see Jalen Brunson one-on-one yesterday. We'd have been talking shit, taking bets. It would have like the feeling. Oh my goodness. I'm getting excited just thinking about it. So I do think that there's an element for the, for the NBA to like, I really, really, really want them to try that. Maybe they won't go one-on-one because maybe because how do you make a tournament where it's like you got the guard versus the big, whoever gets the ball first wins. Maybe you do guard big, guard big for each team. Kind of like um, what was the old game? Was it NBA Jam where it was a uh, two on two back in the 90s? I I was very young, so I don't yeah, really remember. NBA, NBA Jam is the game, yes. Perfect. So you can maybe do like an NBA Jam kind of concept where it's like guard big and it's like you got Julius and Jalen going up against like Shea and Chet. Like it would be so much fun. I don't know how the NBA would do it, but I think that would be way more exciting than the dunk contest has currently been. The dunk contest was great for what it was. 
I think that it's expired and that would be a great way for the NBA to add another contest. And boy, and you know who would love to see it? I'm sure the betting markets would love to see it. I'm sure FanDuel and DraftKings would love to take your money. If you think that you, oh, you want, oh, you think that Jalen Brunson is going to beat Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle would beat Tyrese Halliburton and um, what's the other guy? And Miles Turner, put your money on it. We'll give you even odds. Like, oh my goodness, there's just so much there. I don't see how I don't see how this can fail, to be honest. But that's that that's my little um two cents on I guess the NBA Street one on one two v two kind of thing that the NBA should be tapping into. I agree. I think it will be two v two. I think one v one. It's again these players have egos; they don't want to be exposed. But I think two on two. I think that would be great. Two on two, get eight teams. Two on two, first to five, and just go through everybody. And then you take your top eight duels, and then you go from there. Or, or did they could do? You could. They could. They could actually do like a sixteen team. They could do like the whole league. They could do like the first. They could do like the first half on Friday night, and then do the knockout stage on Saturday. But yeah, they. I'm not going to say need to fix All-Star Weekend, but it, it needs an improvement. And we are approaching the top of the hour, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you to everyone who pulled up on this All-Star, on this All-Star Sunday. Um, oh, Robert Cross, actually, <laughs> all right, Robert, I'm going to get these comments out, and then we're going to wrap up. He says, or play 21 Royal Rumble style, I elbow someone in the face, no problem. Don't think that's going to happen. And he says, and or stop screwing over Ice Cube and make it big three. Um, the Ice Cube Big Three thing, that's another discussion for another day, my brother. Uh, there are some thoughts, but we'll share that another time. All right. So, uh, Mensa, anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, that wraps it up. I'm very excited to get to this last stretch of the season with you guys, uh, do some more study halls, uh, casual Friday or casual Tuesday or whatever we got to do because the Knicks are playing on Thursday entirely too much for us to keep this content from you guys. So really quickly, just want to say thank you to everybody for joining us, and I hope to do this again with you soon. Same here. Um, Thanks, everyone, for pulling up. We really appreciate it. And we will see you soon. Uh, hopefully, and not on Thursday, maybe we'll have to do Casual Tuesday. So for Mensa, I am Sean for W. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride. Let's ride.